Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Well, we're glad you're with us again for the Growing in Grace podcast. Mike Kapler, that's me. Joel Brzezinski, that's that guy right over there. Hope you're doing okay out there. How you doing, Joel? I'm doing great. Um, well into the thousands and thousands of podcasts we've done now. No, wait, hold on. 900 and something. A couple weeks ago, I questioned if we had gotten to 800 or 900, so I was just joking around about that. <laughs> yeah, I think we're around 915-ish. Something um, like that. Yeah. And they're all so, archived. The point is they're all archived on the website, growingingrace.org, so you can go back and um, search for a subject that we might have talked about before, and uh, maybe you'll find something that uh, that will help answer a question or... There's also a way to get a hold of us, a contact uh, page there, too. It feels like we've done thousands and thousands <laughs> of podcasts. Yep. And I think I don't, like, between you and me and our the talk, the talking that we do before and in between recording is probably at least uh, another podcast per podcast that's actually put out there. <laughs> so probably close to 2,000 if we would have recorded everything. Yeah. <laughs> and and that that would have those would have been probably the most interesting podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> In some Unedited. good ways and some silly ways, I suppose. But yeah, if people, only people I would, would have find saved out those. what we what we really think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, instead of this uh, fake stuff that we're talking about when we <laughs> people please, uh, we're just trying to please people. No, that's far from what we're doing. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Sure. Um, you know, you interact with people out there a little more than I do when it comes to social media. A little bit. Um, what What do you think of this little group out there who would suggest that the sacrifice of, of Jesus Christ was an unnecessary thing when it came to redemption, reconciliation, removal of sin, that this really wasn't necessarily the will of God it's just something that happened that God allowed it to happen uh, to appease the Jewish culture um, and other things are said. I'm just hitting some of the highlights here and you probably know more about it than I do. But what, what, what do you think when people say something like that as if the sacrifice of Jesus Christ was an unnecessary thing? Hmm. That's a... Uh... You know, it's a very simple yet somewhat loaded question. You know, over the years, I have interacted with people with, you know, coming from that line of thought. And it's interesting where uh, these ideas come from. I think the first time I ever heard it from various people, what they would reference was Hebrews, Hebrews 10, verse 5. It says, therefore, when he came into the world, talking about Jesus, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire. And then um, they'll skip down then to verse 8 as well, where it says, sacrifice and offering 
burnt offerings, an offering for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them. And so, you know, (laughs) a lot of times on the Growing in Grace podcast, we'll talk about context. And these are two verses that it's very flagrantly, if I can use that word, I don't know, um, ripped out of the context because there is there really is so much said there that negates the idea that that what God is saying is that he didn't desire the sacrifice of Jesus. If you continue reading in verse 8 where it says sacrifice and offering burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire no ha- nor had pleasure in them that's where they end. But if you keep reading it says which are offered according to the law. So it was the sacrifices that were offered according to the law that God did not desire nor had pleasure in them. And and the reason for that is because they couldn't take away sin. But if you read this whole passage, starting at verse 5, or even, you know, we've spent a lot of time in Hebrews over the years, and really just chapters 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, uh, they talk about all you know the sacrifice of Jesus and, and what was all accomplished through it. And... At the beginning of chapter 10, it says that in those sacrifices, the, the animal sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. That's verse 3. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. So then it switches over to, therefore, in verse 5, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sins, you had no pleasure. So that's the the animal sacrifices. Then I said, this is Jesus, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book, it is written of me, to do your will, O God. And this whole passage is about that. Jesus offering himself, being the sacrifice, the one sacrifice for sins. So, I mean, at the very start, you know, you asking me that question, that's, that's what I see. I think uh, people have taken a couple verses out of context. And I think there are other verses, New Testament passages, that people also take out of context that, um, when, in which they'll build this case. But I think it's very clear here that Jesus did God's will, and God's will was for him to be the, that one sacrifice that took away sins. And it wasn't just—it it was necessary. It wasn't just something that he did just uh, to appease uh, a Jewish mindset or Jewish people or something like that. Yeah, when we look at the different things that are written, not only here in the book of Hebrews, but things that Paul said, for example, of the blood of Jesus. Uh, how often, how, how many references are there? I don't have this right at the tip of my fingers. We don't need it right now, but we, we know there are a number of different references in, in New Covenant writings, New Testament writings, if you will, uh, about the blood of Jesus. And, and what that blood brought, I mean, forgiveness for one, right? Like mm-hmm. what you were talking about, where the old sacrifices couldn't bring that forgiveness. It couldn't take away sins. This sacrifice did. So even though God took no pleasure in the old sacrifices, because they couldn't really accomplish what we needed for them to do, if you're a Jewish person under that system, it couldn't bring the, the forgiveness. It couldn't take away the sins. And yet the, the, the blood of Jesus did do that. It did bring the forgiveness. It did take sins away. It didn't just cover them up with an atonement. Um, so there's something very significant here. Uh, Jesus knew this was coming, um, and, and he made the statement, 
that nobody really takes my life. I, right. I lay it down. No, nobody takes it from me. And even toward the end, before his arrest, where he was praying and, and the pressure was on and the, the disciples were falling asleep while he was praying, trying to strengthen himself for what was about to happen. Even he and, and the human element seemed to be asking God, is there any way for me to get out of this? Is, is there another way? Can this cup pass from me? But, but then he went on to say, I, I don't want what I want. I want your will to be done here. And obviously we know the end of that story. He, he did suffer. He did die. His blood was shed because that, that was really the, the plan all along. And, you know, sacrifices didn't just start with the law. I know there was a reference that you made a great point to point out about God didn't take pleasure in, in sacrifices, especially, you know, those who uh, were offered according to the law. But the sacrifices for, for sin uh, through animal blood, uh, through the, the blood of an innocent animal, it started long before uh, the law was in place. Right. It, it's early in Genesis where we get the implication, at least, that God demonstrated such a sacrifice with an animal um, after Adam and Eve fell, kind of went their way. Um, they were obviously covered with fig leaves. God covered them with the skins of the animals. Um, so there, there seems to have been something that took place very early on where, where there was a demonstration that would be passed on from uh, onto different generations of human beings, um, and and long long before Mount Sinai and and the Jewish people and all that stuff. So there's much to talk about here, and and I'm with you. I, I know there are things that are said by people who would suggest that Jesus really didn't need to be sacrificed. It wasn't a necessary thing, and 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 that teeters on some some very dangerous things being said counting the, the, the blood of the cross as, as a common thing. Yeah, yeah, big time. I mean, Jesus didn't become a man and then died on the cross just to change a mindset. See, that's another thing that I've heard. It was really, it, it wasn't that God needed, see, that they will bring up all these, what I call straw men arguments, these straw arguments that um, people, it was the people who needed a sacrifice, the bloodlust of men they needed they needed this sacrifice and so and so god d- satisfied their need for for blood by sending jesus i mean it's just all so silly so they say it's it was really just in our minds this idea that uh, we needed something that that god needed to do something uh, to make us right with him that god needed to be appeased or or anything like that and they'll um you're talking about the sacrifices, of course, were, they were a covering. They were temporary coverings, but they could never, you know, even the one that God did with Adam and Eve, and the ones that were, God even instituted the ones that were under the old covenant that he had no pleasure in, but they were, uh, they were temporary coverings, and they, they demonstrated the reality of something, a permanent sacrifices that was yet to come. And that was the sacrifice that God desired. The only one that really counted, and that's the sacrifice of Jesus. They were types and shadows, the old ones were, but they never actually, they covered sin, but they couldn't actually take it away. And some of these uh, folks will bring up Romans 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And they'll stop there. They'll say, see, God, you know, he, God 
put Jesus on the cross just to show us his love for us. It wasn't necessary, but he but Jesus went to the cross anyway just to show how great God's love is. They'll say that the cross didn't happen to change God's mind about us, which I agree with. God always loved, so loved the world. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. That's how much he loved the world. But they'll say that he did that not to change his mind about us, but to change our minds about him, which is true. The cross certainly changed our minds about God, but it was more than that. It was more than just a mind change, a mindset change that was needed. It was an actual reconciliation and justification through that blood that needed to happen. Because if you keep reading Romans 5, 8 and into 9, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. See, I think it was more than just a mindset, a a mind. We needed a mind change. It says, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And there's one more thing here about the this the, where they get this idea that it was just a mindset. And then we can get back to the main subject here, but in Colossians 1:21, it says in the New King James version of the Bible, it says, "And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh." Well, so they'll highlight that air in your minds. You were just enemies in your minds by wicked works. I think that doesn't go along really, that wording and that the way that they make that, what they make that out to mean. But if you look in the English Standard Version, the ESV, it says, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. So we were kind of hostile and, and alienated toward God. We were hostile toward God, doing evil deeds. And, but we needed this reconciliation because it says he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. So that death was needed in order to reconcile us, in order to bring us the uh, the forgiveness of sins and everything that was needed. So it was more than just a mindset change it was needed. It was really an actual sacrifice that was needed in order for us to have the forgiveness of sins. And getting back then to Hebrews 10, verse 11, every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Again, that's those animal sacrifices. But this man, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool, for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So there, you can see here, clearly something happened through this sacrifice more than just a mind change. It was needed. It was necessary. This blood sacrifice was necessary, and it was God's will, as as the writer says earlier in the chapter. Yeah, so we can see over and over again, there was a reason. There was a purpose. Um, you're right. There, there was a mind change involved. I mean, that's really what repentance means, yep. right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just a mind change. We're putting the cart ahead of the horse on that one. Uh, it's it's realizing what the cross brought, what the blood of Jesus brought, the reconciliation, the forgiveness, 
uh, all of the good things that the people couldn't be delivered before the cross, the things that they couldn't be delivered from, have now been brought into a place of reconciliation. Uh, the things that they could be uh, forgiven, uh, the things that they they could not attain previously were now brought to us, given to us, through what Jesus did and the shedding of his blood. And realizing that it's because of what he did that brings us to God and not what we do, that brings a change of mind. It gets us out of the the works mentality and, and, and the effort to try to establish our own righteousness before God and realizing that he established it for us. So there is that change of mind that takes place. We think about God differently now because of grace uh, and the love that was demonstrated for us through Jesus Christ, not just through the things he did as a man walking the earth, but the thing he did at the end of his life, a finished work that would bring an eternal redemption. It's because of, of that cross. It's because of that blood. And we're thankful for it. And, and we don't diminish it by, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace. Growing in Grace.